a one, a two, a one, two, three. Uh, what? Welcome to Classical Baddies. My name is Sophia. I'm Katie. And I'm Nusha. And welcome to Tools of the Trade. Woo! Today we're going to be talking about the dresses that we get to wear, as well as suits that men get to wear. So basically everything you need in your toolbox as an officer. And there's more to it than the look, but I think like the dresses and everything tends to tends to be the most fun. <laughs> yeah, well, there's obviously the books and the education that you get. But other than that, you get to do the shoes and the dresses and the makeup and the jewelry. And the hair. <laughs> yeah, and it's not the most important thing. But if you get up on stage and you don't look fabulous, what's the point? <laughs> I don't look like a goddess. I don't want it. Well, and, you know, like you have to find something that fits the set of rules that you get right mm -hmm. so it still has to be appropriate and it has to be elegant and so like for girls for example there's a couple different types of dresses you need so you need your evening gowns but within your gowns you need something that's very fancy and something that's not so fancy you mm -hmm. need dark tones and like jewel tones and then you also need some more neutral ones and then something sparkly and then you need your tea dresses which are about like half big variety of things you need and then so men need the tux and they need the suit and so tails and then cummerbunds and vests and stuff like that oddly enough though the men in my program don't always have these yeah. <laughs> i don't know what a cummerbund is and up until this point i've been kind of too afraid to ask because i thought it was a made-up word that people use for the benedict cumberbatch meme <laughs> I was just gonna say, isn't that that guy, blueberry pumpkin patch or whatever? Yeah. Oh my, you have to add a C in it though. There has to be, yeah. a, there has to be a C See in it somewhere. Gone with blueberry cummerbund. Blueberry cummerbund. There you go. Or like, <laughs> even if it was blueberry kumquat, like that doesn't have a C in it, but like it has oh, the idea. Kumquat has a C in it. C in it? How do you spell kumquat? With a K. I thought it was. It's Wait. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you're right. It's <laughs> That's a cummerbund. Okay. You, you seem unconvinced. I can't picture it. Oh, let me... Okay. I'm picturing, like, a wrestling belt for some reason. <laughs> well, you know, actually... It's not that far off. I don't know how to spell it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I was right. I just... Yeah. Huh. Mm. The okay. yellow is it's really like, fitting. Like the yeah. Toreador kind of like culture. Uh, okay, yeah. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I got it now. Okay, thanks. And by Toreador, I mean from Carmen. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, men. <laughs> they need <laughs> these things. And like often they actually don't have it. So then, you know, the teacher goes, okay, so we have this concert coming up. Ladies, you have gowns, right? All the girls are like, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. And she's like, men, do you have tails? And they're like, no. She's like, okay, well, do you at least have tuxes? And, like, most of them are like, yeah. And then some of them are like, no. How we, 
They literally have one job. <laughs> As a man, you get to wear like two outfits. Yeah. Well, literally, like you get it and you're set for life. Yeah. yeah. And then women, we buy dresses like all the time. Well, you can't yeah. wear the same gown all the time. Yeah, and you can only go through cycling your gowns that you have already before they get old or torn yeah. or weird. There's like such a different standard for it because different gowns for different events is certain yeah. thing. Like you're not gonna wear your ball gown to an event where you're supposed to be serving people and like welcoming guests in for the event, you know? You're not gonna pull out the flashiest one in your wardrobe for like smaller recitals as you would for like a bigger concert, you know? That was more what I meant, yeah. Yeah. Those little concerts that you have earlier in the day, mm-hmm. those are generally like tea style dresses. Yeah. But, you know, unless it's a very fancy occasion, then you wear your gowns or depending on what you want the energy to be like, what yeah. repertoire you're singing. Yeah. Well, and there's also a lot of option for what kind of gowns you can wear, right? Because mm-hmm. you get the ball gown with the fluffy princess, you know, looking bottom. Yeah. And then you get the A-line, which is great for breeding, I think, yeah. personally. Yeah. And then you get the bodycon dresses. I mean, there's obviously more dresses. I just don't know all the names well you know so i think it really depends on who the singer is yeah so for a lot of singers something like an a-line that flows out is nice because you can still breathe Mm -hmm. properly but i've also heard from people that they like things that are more tight fitting because it gives them something to push against Mm. so that it it makes it easier for them to connect they feel more grounded and connected yeah i've thought about it like that that's yeah. one thing I find with really flowy dresses is that you don't feel weighted with a flo- with a nice A-line flowy dress. You just don't mm-hmm. feel the weight. Like, you're not as... I don't feel as grounded personally, even though that is my favorite style of dress to wear when I sing because yeah. I feel that it gives me the most room to breathe. So often I have to make up for that with my jewelry and make sure that it's heavier so that I can feel it pressed down on my chest a little bit. Well, and you know, sometimes it depends on what the excerpt is that you're performing. Because yeah. you could have a gown and uh, one gown that's like sparkly or neutral, one that's dark mm-hmm. and jewel tone, but then that one that you need for that excerpt wouldn't work because it's, say, a big flowy ball gown, but in that excerpt you're jumping around, not in like a choreography way, because if it was intense choreography, then they tell you to wear a T style dress, but something that you're still bouncing a little bit, and then yeah. you have a low cut dress. Uh-oh. <laughs> or like, yeah. or like a, one where you need to kneel or something like that. Yeah. And you have this big ball gown. Well, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Am I going to go buy another $200, $300 dress? And that's a cheap one. That's cheap. Yeah. $200, is cheap. Cheap. Is cheap. Cheap dresses. Is cheap. So what are you going to do? You're going to go invest a whole bunch of money for this. And, you know, it really is an investment, but it is mm-hmm. hard to... I don't know go and suddenly buy a whole new dress just because of one performance but yeah yeah you do end up using it more and it's definitely valuable to have yeah. but it's always a little tough i know thrifting is your best friend and it's sometimes so hard to find a nice dress thrifting but when you do oh my gosh it's so good satisfying. it's it's satisfying you're like this is 30 dollars for a gown yeah you know I think also when you're talking about like different styles and fitted, like I know personally, I like to make sure they all hit the floor as long as like, and I mean for a formal gown, it has yeah. to hit the floor, but get it sized so it's not that much taller. So you don't have to wear stilettos to make it look decent. Mm-hmm. And also you can wear whatever shoes you want under it if they can't see your feet. <laughs> yeah. Except I messed up one time and my toe was peeking out of my dress and you could see my sneaker. <laughs> Uh, yeah. I feel that. Well, like, we all went recently and bought gowns because yeah. it had been a while. Yeah. And, you know, for example, I got this beautiful gown that I'm really excited about, and it was originally 400 
I was really lucky. I, I was able to get it to go down to 150 but then I had to pay $200 of alterations on it. You know? Alterations are expensive. Like Very. That's, that's a lot of time the bulk of it. Sometimes it's better just to get a newer dress that's just order it in your size if you can, because that's not always an option, but if you can do it, yeah, it yeah. might well, even be cheaper than the alterations. Being a yeah. plus-sized person myself, for the most part, I definitely don't get the option often to order it in my size or walk in and be like, I need this size, and they just have it mm-hmm. in a very specific style because... That's just part of fashion, I guess, nowadays. It's difficult to find a really nice dress, especially because I'm short. The thing is, you can find a dress that's really beautiful, but people aren't one size fits all. Like, even if you are plus size and you you get a plus size dress, you know, maybe you have a bigger waist, but smaller upper body. Mm -hmm. And so, like, something that would fit someone who's more plus size, because generally they have larger chest, it wouldn't fit you because you have a smaller chest or something like that. And when we were trying on dresses, I was trying on dresses that were supposedly two sizes bigger than me. However, the chest area wouldn't do up. We would get to the back and it would be fine. And I think it was, oh, it's beautiful. I love this. It's going to look great. And then you would get to that point and it does zip up after that. And you're like, oh, good. Like I, I recently, with the dress that I bought, I had to have it altered because I needed to have bones put in it. And I had mm-hmm. to get the straps changed because they were really flimsy straps. I had to get new straps yeah. made, shortened. Yeah. Those straps did wouldn't fit anybody. No, they were huge yeah. and they were made of like mesh, so they were really like fine. Like they would have broken in like an instant. Yeah. Which, by the way, confused me considering the chest was so large. Mm-hmm. You don't think that that would support someone who would actually fit in that dress? I know. No. And then I got this really cute cross back put in it so that it like really yeah. gives some support. Yeah. Oh, yes. cute! I'm oh. so excited to see when it's done. <laughs> so excited. Oh and then Sophia got this really beautiful, almost holographic style mm-hmm. dress. I'm a big fan of everything that sparkles, personally. I have a vision of how this is going to look on stage, you know? But it's kind of got that iridescent effect to it. And when you are wearing something sparklier on stage, it reflects. And it, you just, you shine. Yeah. Shine like the star that you are on the inside, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's one thing I find with the duality of the dresses that we have to wear is finding a dress... For me personally, and I know for actually a fair amount of other women that I've talked to, don't love dress shopping because you go in and you try on dozens of dresses and you just find one that works and you're like, oh, I love this one, but you've taken so much time to find the one that makes you feel beautiful and then everything else you're like, uh, uh. <laughs> I feel like dress shopping can either be a big ego boost or destroys your confidence (laughs) (laughs) that's the truth that's part of the difficulty of being like a female performer and like you know we're saying opera singers but lots of female performers in terms of playing in bigger orchestras things like that they do need fancier clothes yeah like like an andre rue his entire orchestra is dressed in gowns and like tuxes yeah or tails i'm not sure but either way, like for bigger, more fa- like fancy orchestras, sometimes they also have to wear gowns mm-hmm. or like big solo performances. Yeah. Well, well, I think classical music is because a lot of the culture around it is very old school. You're expected to kind of bring that black tie old school to your performances, especially in some of those places like I know Europe, um, where we are. People aren't fancy when they go to the opera. I saw witnessed a man in a Hawaiian shirt sitting there in like the orchestra a section of the opera and i'm like sir i don't think you know where you are also it is november (laughs) (laughs) and well like you see a variety you see people in that and then you do see people in gowns coming to watch the opera and it's like do you know where you are yeah (laughs) it's a a fine balancing act 
yeah. at least you know, here. Because I remember, because in Europe too, when you go to the, I remember I got like cheapy tickets when I was traveling because I'm a student to go to the ballet there and, you know, the big Parisian opera house and people were so formal there and I'm standing there in the nicest clothes I could cram into my suitcase which was like a skirt and sandals <laughs> and people around me in black tie so it's definitely a different culture yeah there for sure yeah and it's much for the sake of the pun more classical <laughs> well you know in Europe it's weird because for them going to operas or classical performances is like going to the movies. It's so common, but they uphold that more black tie style when going. I know. I like the black tie style. It's just such a, like a nice excuse to get really glammed up. Yeah. yeah. So if you, if you got the time, yeah, why not? <laughs> well, like it, I went from like back when I was a kid being like, I don't have any nice dresses. Like, I don't know, like what to wear to the wedding or something mm-hmm. like that. To now being like, which one you want me to pull out? Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. or when non-opera people are like, get dressed fancy. And it's like, do you mean my version yeah. of fancy or your version of fancy? Because I'm either going to show up in a gown with gloves and my hair done. Or do you mean to put on like a nicer sweater? <laughs> a sweater yeah. I spent more than $20 on. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you're like, it's formal. I'm like, okay, but how formal? Yeah. Like a blazer and like nice clothing and stuff like that. Like a, like a cocktail dress. Or do you mean a gown? Yeah. 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 Well, and as someone who can do pants rolls, not that yeah. I don't think you guys could do it. But I've seen a pants roll before. There is a yeah. pants rolls. Yeah. Yeah. But as someone who's probably going to be working more in pants rolls within my career, I also get to wear pantsuits, which is really fun. I really like the pantsuits because you get to walk in and you're like, I look so cool. I look like a man. I look like the man. <laughs> the man. I am the man in my skinny fit pants and (laughs) blazer that match yeah i look amazing but there's such a different feel for me at least when i wear like a suit versus a dress i feel very different when i perform in those yeah and it's funny when you consider for women as well when you do do a pants roll you're expected to show up in pants when you're playing a man you you don't wear a dress when you're singing as a man and it's funny because you don't get the reverse for guys. It's not like the reverse, the reverse, because, you know, there's cases where the you mean countertenors. Yeah, like countertenors. It's not like they'd be expected to show up in a dress. <laughs> well, I think like, you know, I mean, now there is a movement that's going forward where men are like, you know, we can wear skirts. But mm-hmm. I mean, because women wear pants and skirts yeah. anyways, right. yeah. I think a lot of them are like, well, being in a pants role gives me a reason to actually mm-hmm. wear a pantsuit. Yeah. I don't think so much that it's like you have to. I think it's more like yeah, you I, can. I don't never thought it was enforced. I just assumed it was one of those things that was like standard practice. You yeah. Know? But I mean like that's why I think it is standard practice because mm-hmm. women do wear pants more often. Yeah. Yeah, it's status quo. Yeah, and I think that one of the weird things is so despite everything we've just said, mm-hmm. when you go into an audition, there's always this weird thing of what am I supposed to wear? Yeah. Do they want fancy? Do mm-hmm. they want something casual? Well, not casual, but, you know, more casual, formal, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah well, because I know our coach, Beth, <laughs> she would always tell me, and I'm sure she told you guys too, for auditions, you always wear a gown because of what she'd been told in her younger years 
auditioning. But literally, yeah, sorry, I was just going to say it really depends on the audition. Yeah, and then, so people are like, it depends on who you're auditioning for. I'm like, okay, well, how do I find out what they want? Yeah. You know, but literally everyone else I've talked to has told me, do not wear a gown to an audition. Yeah. So I think that it might have just been an older style thing. I think so. I've also heard that in Europe, actually, for them, it's pretty normal to just go in with a jean and t- jeans and t-shirts oh. for auditions. Yeah. So, I mean, auditions are always weird. So when you go in, every person has what they need to make them comfortable and what they need to make them look professional. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I went in for my audition, I went in with a more simple dress, some elegant jewelry, my hair done pretty well. And then I took in a box. Well, not, a, not like a box box but like like a repertoire box if that makes sense oh like your my competition yeah your competition box yeah Yeah. so and in there you put your music and I made sure that I had different copies of my repertoire Mm -hmm. just to ensure that I was comfortable and I think that's another thing that's really important for performers is having music like having copies of your music both online and printed copies yeah, and then making sure you have the accompanist copies, the auditioner's copies, and then the originals as well, and the extras. Yeah. yeah. I always bring in a book, the book, with yeah. my yeah. printouts for the judges or the panel who are listening to my audition because I find it easier to give them all copies and then also hand them the book so yeah. that they know exactly where it's from and what the oh. stuff is. But yeah. yeah. Another thing is different accompanists, well, I shouldn't say accompanists, different pianists have different preferences on what they want their music to be like. Some prefer mm-hmm. having it in a book because it's easier to flip through, Yeah. but some also don't like it because those are often difficult. They don't stay up properly on the piano. Yeah. Um, some like to have it hole punched so that you can put it in a binder, but you can't really hole punch professional music that you're handing a pianist during an audition, Yeah. right? So it's best to just have a proper printed copy and then like a copy in a book yeah. that you can just ask them which one would you yeah. like. And I've played with a few accompanists that do it. They do it on like a large iPad. So you have to email it to them in advance. Like the copies you have, have them scanned properly. And then because the software is usually easier to flip through that well, way. Yeah. That works for, you know, people that you're working with in your program, but not yeah. so much an audition that you're going No, into. no, no, totally. Because I think it was when I had to hire my own accompanist for an audition and I talked to her in advance because I had to bring her in with me and that's the way she preferred it. So, yeah. yeah. But um, not when you're just walking up and they already have a, an accompanist provided because you can't be like, I sent it to your email, yeah. man I've never met before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, there's a multitude of different ways that people like to have their music. I personally like to have mine back to back in a binder yeah. so that I can flip through it easier. So it's more like flipping through a book. However, I don't like breaking the book's spine because i'm a weirdo well and you know that brings us to the fact that yeah you need printed copies of your music and a lot of people do have ipod ipods Mm -hmm. ipads with their repertoire but a lot of times you need the book copy as well yeah Mm -hmm. i don't think that the digital for me will ever replace the physical copies of books i have hundreds of books of music of my own. There's something special about that, right? Yeah, Having just, a book copy yeah. of music. It well, feels different. Yeah, yeah, and the idea that maybe one day when I, if I have my own studio, mm-hmm. can hand them down to my students and mm-hmm. be like, I sang from this book and I think that this would be good for you to sing from too. Yeah, and there's something about buying books when you're like, well, maybe I might need a song from here. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Did you mean me buying? Did you mean me buying the high and low version of the Sacred Collection? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, it 
also comes to so within our toolbox there's one more thing that i feel like is new which is well this recording equipment that we're using right now mm-hmm. because in this age of covid there's a lot of online lessons going on and oh, things yeah. like that where you need better equipment for your teacher to be able to hear you yeah the funny thing i discovered was that it doesn't pick up like your laptop my laptop microphone just wasn't picking up frequencies certain frequencies in my voice like I would go above a certain note and it would just cut out it doesn't pick it up at all (laughs) I have done that too especially when you're hitting a bigger note or a high note and you're hitting it with the right resonance uh that word resonance Where it rings well. Yeah, when it's yeah. ringing really well, it will overwork the microphone, and the microphone will just be like, I don't know what to do, so no sound. Yeah, well, and you know, funny enough, that is the reason this podcast was born, because now we had our own recording equipment, mm-hmm. and we'd been talking about it a bit, and we're like, hey, well, why not? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Um. okay, well... Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find us on social media at Classical Baddies. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. So please come check us out. We're also on TikTok. And then you can also stream us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. You can check out our card site on any of our social media accounts. Yes, and please make sure to rate us on Apple Mu- on Apple Podcasts as it will help us spread the word of Classical Baddies and also give us good rating because it's nice to see you guys <laughs> interact with us for a good rating please, oh, please. we're desperate no we're not <laughs> with or without uh, an audience i think we would be recording we'll record this anyways well you know that's what we're here for just to have fun yeah you know spread some knowledge if we can yeah Alrighty. all right, all right. thanks guys all right. bye, bye.